Welcome to the Unofficial Scholars Podcast with Dylan Stubblefield and David Hancock, where we discuss everything from science fiction to pop culture. We're not experts. We're not scholars. We're two guys having a casual conversation about the things that interest us. If you'd like to become an unofficial scholar, go to patreon.com slash unofficial scholars for exclusive content. Yeah, I, I don't know why I've always had, and my wife actually calls me on this, of having like a little bit of an um, irrational kind of invincibility complex where I've never had, we've talked about this too, but I've never gotten hurt enough to where I feel like much can happen to me. And I feel like yeah. that's going to bite me in the ass Oof. someday. Uh, I'm hoping, I get a little paranoid, like I'm, I'm kind of a hypochondriac, you know, anytime I feel something off my body, I'm like, well, fuck, I got cancer. But um, I just hope that it doesn't come back and bite me in some some way, like a sickness or something, because I just, I feel like I've been lucky for too long. Yeah. I just, I, I've had it too good, and I hope that I'm doing enough good in the world where the universe is like, yeah, we're gonna, we'll, we'll let you pass. Fuck, dude, I also, I have, listen, I have the same thought. I'm also a hypochondriac, but I'm not near as health conscious is you so and here's the thing it's kind of funny because you get people that'll smoke cigarettes for 90 99 years and they're totally yeah, and fine they get off totally fine it's and bullshit. people that are fucking marathon runners just perfect athletes in great shape and they have lung cancer and die so i don't, <laughs> I don't know i don't know i mean obviously there's things that you can do to mitigate your risk and those are all good things I find a happy medium, you know, I work out a little bit, I eat good, Yeah. but you know, I also don't want to work out and eat good my whole life. Cause that's not my favorite thing. I don't enjoy yeah. that spiritually. And so I don't want to work out and eat good my whole life. And then fuck, I get uh, lung cancer anyway. Yeah. So I work out, I eat good. And then I smoke a little bit of nicotine <laughs> and then I have a couple beers. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I get that. And I mean, I definitely, I'm not like perfect. I know we talk about how make fun of me and my body's a temple. I, I I still enjoy a good like half pint of Ben and Jerry's a couple times a week. Yeah. Or, like go crazy, I'll yeah, dude. Maybe even maybe even I eat a half gallon. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. It's average Tuesday for yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, don't don't get too crazy. I'll do a yeah, I'll Dylan, do a frozen pizza. He'll every occasionally now and then. even eat a granola bar with chocolate chips Fuck in you. it. All right, let's be it all is. right. Just so you guys know, <laughs> we're looking for our first sponsor here because Go Macro. Those granola bars, if you've never had them, are so oh, good. Is that and the I granola let, bar that you fed yeah, me earlier? I let Dave try his first Go Macro bar, and you thought it was the best granola bar you've ever had. Guys, I looked this man in the eye, and I asked him, I said, is this healthy good? Is this a healthy good treat, and it tastes good for healthy food? Or is this good, like shockingly good? <laughs> like I would eat an ice cream or a, a cheesecake and I'd be like, this is comparable. <laughs> and this man said it's comparable to cheesecake or ice cream. And I ate that motherfucker, and it tasted like a healthy version of a Quest bar. Come on. And dude. texture, if I had to just describe the texture in one word, cinnamon. If I had to describe it in three words, spoonful of cinnamon. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, here's the deal. Go go macro. If you're listening to this right now, <laughs> he's lying. <laughs> we, we really like it. All right, I eat them every day, almost. I got I got through it, and it was just so good. I couldn't finish the last bite. <laughs> yeah. oh. All right, I will admit, like, yeah, it is hard to eat healthy all the time, um, and especially eating whole food based. I feel like that's one yeah. thing. Especially like, it is so hard to like 
cook from scratch, do all your ingredients from scratch with nothing frozen or that's processed. True. And honestly, it's probably a lot of reason why people get fucking cancer so much these days. But yeah. um, I don't know, man. I, we've gotten to the point we we do eat really healthy and we cook most of our stuff. From we also scratch. live longer though, too, which is kind of weird, right? Yeah, there's a weird catch because it's there. like I don't know if we ate Whole Foods, but also like used fluoride toothpaste yeah. would we live longer even even longer than we live today yeah i don't know mm. people ate whole foods back in the day and they were fucking average life expectancy was like 27 that's true it was shit yeah i mean they actually ate straight from the earth back in the day and yeah they yeah. Live for shit but we have a lot of advancements in modern medicine which i think makes a huge difference i mean i also agree that that makes a difference so that's why i have two thought processes number one what would the combination between modern Western medicine and eating nothing but like whole foods mm. look like in terms of life expectancy? And also, what if it really is the fact that we eat all this weird fucking processed food and it just like turns our bodies into hosses, bro? They're just like, <laughs> that's why we live longer. I can fucking digest anything. I was, <laughs> anything you get at me. I was actually, I think it was today, I was just talking about my friend. Jose at work we were talking about uh-huh. these people I think they're called I want to say it's called centenarians people who make it to a yeah or more. there's a documentary on Netflix I think right that's now. what he was talking yeah. about was the blue watching. zones the blue zones he uh maybe that's why he brought it up but he was basically saying that they're they uh a lot of them you know sit on the floor when they eat and mm. like they they put things in positions where they'd have to like get up to go get something they're very active they're always moving and I, that's another thing too. Okay. I think you know, staying moving and staying so flexible. Let, let me school you because I'm relatively oh, fresh. Here we go. You always. So school I'm me. watching that documentary, that same documentary that I'm sure your buddy watched, because it's just it's time. It's that time. It's a new documentary. It's going to get popular on Netflix. People are going to watch it. Yeah. They're going to talk about it. They're not going to tell you right away where they got the information. You from. heard it here first on the unofficial. They, for whatever podcast. reason. Yeah. For whatever people, reason, people want you to think that, that they got their information out of, like, an encyclopedia or from, like, formal education, so they don't seem like... They're like, well, they're like, oh, you got that off a Netflix documentary. Isn't that annoying? Like, no, I didn't. Dude, no, I, I didn't. I hate that. It's like, who cares? Is it accurate? Is it credible? Okay, hold great. On. I want to side tangent that real quick. Uh-huh. The amount of people on TikTok who literally verbatim steal shit from Andrew Huberman and just regurgitate it... Oh, I know. In- fucking infuriates as me, if, dude. You're as so if, annoying. I know, but as if it was like they, their they, research. Right. The, let me explain to you. Let me, let me explain to you all about how the cold plunge works for your body. Fuck it. you. And then they say exactly <laughs> what Andrew Huberman says. Kiss my ass, dude. All right, anyways, back to the centenarian documentary. I know, I feel you. The worst part is, though, if it, like, let's say that's, like, exactly the correct answer, it's like, how do you expect anybody you to can't, answer? Yeah. It's like they have to sound like Andrew Huberman. <laughs> no, but you, it's it's obvious where it came from. Yeah, no, I get it. Like, Anywho. they explain it in the same way. Right. It's like when I'm talking about uh, UFO shit, uh, they talk about, like, when something's come out, they're like, you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. <laughs> it's like the, the phrase that they would use, you know, and right. I'd use that same shit, and I'm like, you know, I saw it on Twitter, and I'm like, hey, guys, and, you know, by the way, you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's always like some- Where'd you get that? I like that. <laughs> it's always some bro, too, who, like, clearly doesn't have any, like, background in- Neur- any kind of neuroscience yeah. and they're just trying to regurgitate it just pisses me off because I, I love Andrew Huberman he is my gospel my <laughs> lord and savior and Lex Friedman and Dr. Peter Atiyah and uh shout out anywho uh alright so the blue zone is that yeah. what it's called 
Yeah, no, it's called the blue zone. So the blue zones are areas where people have been identified. And I think there's some specific person that was involved in, like, originally he put, like, blue dots on a map. This is how this documentary starts out. And he puts blue dots on a map, and he said, these these are the places that I see where people have a longer life expectancy that live to be 100 or older or close to 100. Centenarians are people that live to be 100 or older. Mm-hmm. And then he identified all these zones, and he used that he used blue marker on the map to identify the zones, and then f- therefore they um, coined the word the term blue zones. Hmm. And so, <clears throat> anyway, I started watching it because I was just looking for something to watch. You know, I've been studying Spanish, so I spent I spent a lot of time in Netflix watching things with Spanish sub with Spanish. Um, dubs yeah and then also like spanish subtitles or without spanish subtitles it just depends on you know how good the audio the the audio is the audio thank you and so i started watching the blue this documentary and i forget what it's called the blue zone or whatever it's called and um so i'm watching it only in spanish but it's the first episode is based on okinawa japan and that's like one of these places that are blue zones, right? Where people live to be along, you know, pretty old. And so a lot of like the qualities they go through and they just kind of talk about everything, the whole life cycle, you know, kind of the, like all the different attributes of their life. And they kind of discuss it. It's these places have like a really, and I only watched the first episode again, mind you. And in a different language. So like my, you know, whatever I could get out of the translate, you know, there's parts that go over my head. But the general gist was they had all these different aspects of their life and it was very balanced. So they had like, okay, spend time with family and friends. And it was like, spend a lot of time with family and friends off electronics. They eat whole foods, but they eat a good variety of whole foods. They're physically active. They move around a lot. They have, you know, passions and careers, like reasons to live, yeah. morally, mentally, reasons to live. And so, it, I mean, yeah, I mean, looking at it, I was like, these people have a, like a fucking well-rounded life. I, I don't have that. I have, no. I work for fucking eight, nine hours in the morning, a stressful job, a high stress job so I can get paid a good income so I can have nice stuff. Um, but then I just continue to put pressure on myself to get the next best thing and just constantly grind and constantly get smarter and constantly get a better job. And it's like, fuck, I'm going to be amongst those who live to be 50. (laughs) I think that's one thing I could benefit from. And I've kind of done it off and on over the years is just like, even just like 10 minutes of meditation, just like, just sitting and being in myself because i feel like we spend so much time outside of ourselves just on our phones and shit and like watching tv and just doing anything we can to escape reality i feel like the benefit you could have and i'm sure at some point in this blue zone documentary a meditation aspect has to come up these people are probably all meditating at some point i feel like there's a lot to it and i I, honestly i need to do it more and movement Uh, I, i was starting to touch on it but like just being active even just like walking and I feel like stretching, I need to do more of that. Yeah. It's important. Like just staying active. I'm sure they're all like live, maybe not even like physically super active, like working out and stuff, but I'm sure that they at least are always moving. There was something that they said, and I wish I could remember this because I think you could vibe with this a little bit, but during like before every meal, they would say like, there was like this mantra that was like 80% full. And then there was another half to it. But basically the idea was, only eat to be 80% full. 
I've heard that. Yeah. And but 100% satisfied or something like that. And so when they eat, it's a part of that culture in that particular region where they would eat to be 80% full instead of overstuff themselves. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of validity to that. Oh yeah, we fucking engorge ourselves. Oh in my our society, god, dude. bro! It's funny, and like we even have jokes about it. Like when I leave the restaurant, and I'm passing by like the host or the waiter that just served me. I'm like, man, you're gonna need a wheelbarrow to get me out of here. Which <laughs> <laughs> is fucking funny, dude. Don't get me fucked up. It's just it's funny. Even look at like the serving <laughs> sizes and stuff. Dude, I know. some drinks, like if you get a fucking extra or uh, a large drink, it's like, like a fucking half uh, gallon almost. Another bite, and you'd need to carry me out of here. It's <laughs> like we're always joking around about stupid shit like that. I, I feel mean, like, and that's one thing I feel like I've started to like kind of think about when I order food is like just because it's on my plate and I paid for it doesn't mean I have to eat it until I, I know feel like shit. That, and no, that's it. that's me though. I get yeah, it because no, no. I I know the value of a buck, bro, and right. I feel like when I order something, I I can't stand that value this. My is wife, the full value, and you have to eat correct. every dollar of it. My yeah. wife <laughs> comes from a well-off family and they did good and they always ate out and they they didn't make any bones about it they just they ate out and they would eat what they want and they would waste it right whatever yeah. they didn't want to eat and so when i met my wife like we'd go out to eat and she would like not eat half her food and she'd be like yeah i'm done what are you and doing I'm like, <laughs> what do you that. mean it's not like we're not at home eating a home meal <laughs> right. this is like we're going out to eat this is a treat you know <laughs> like you're just going to waste it, you know? Or you want a box? And she'd be like, no, no, no. no good. Good. What do you mean you don't want to? I'll take a box for her. I'll eat that. So, <laughs> I'll eat that and I get that. I definitely didn't come from money, but I do. I'm starting to try to look at it now. as like, if I'm full, I got what I paid for. Because I, I got the food that I wanted and <sighs> so I ate hard. it to the point where it filled me up. It's so hard. I'm with you, though. But I am also the kind of guy, you put a big-ass burrito in front of me from El Agave, and yeah. I'm going to make myself sick eating that whole thing. Leftovers, too, though, right? Like, do you ever feel guilty about leftovers? Like, I'll have some, excuse me, I'll have something left over in my refrigerator, and normally I will, like, I'll, I will have already eaten for the day. And I'm not interested in eating that, yeah. <laughs> but I know it's going to go bad tomorrow. Yeah. And so I'm like, oh, bro, like I feel so bad, like the abundance of food that we have in this country. And I'm like thinking about people that could like would really want that food, <laughs> that are really hungry for that food. And I'm like, I'm just going to throw it in the trash. Like it's how, disrespectful. How bro. benevolent of you, dude. No, so I don't, I'm like, I start force feeding myself. I'm like, oh, oh, oh. I don't face that issue. And honestly, like I'm kind of, bad about like i usually don't take leftovers from a restaurant unless it's like close to home but if i'm going somewhere where it's like a 20 minute drive i'm like this isn't worth me oh, taking no. this back to my house like, really and i i don't know oh. the only time i really eat leftovers is if we made it at home and yeah. then we usually will make enough for dinner and then lunch the next day unless we make a lot but uh yeah i'm not big on taking stuff home from restaurant not that there's anything wrong with it i just i'm like yeah i had this i paid for it i'm good it pains me it pains me to waste food it doesn't pain me like i can waste actually like in general i don't like to waste stuff i feel guilty i feel this level of guilt and i noticed what was happening also so for those of you out there who also struggle with this <laughs> because i'm sure there is i know i'm not the only one bro like it's hard to waste stuff for me and it will add extra stress onto my day. Like really? I'll be like, oh, I don't want to waste two plastic bags. You'll I swear, pon- bro. You'll ponder over that. Like sandwich bags, right? 
like uh-huh. a sandwich, like a plastic sandwich bag. Yeah. I'm like, I don't want to waste two sandwich bags on this. So like, how could I just use one? Or like, if I do use one, it's like, I feel bad. Like maybe I should, I think about things like that and like how I'm wasting stuff. Glass bottles is another one, right? Like beer bottles and things like that. I'm like, I'm not recycling it, but it's like, how is this any different than like a cup in my cabinet, like a glass cup? I, I guard that, I safeguard that and I wash it in the dishwasher and I keep, I take good care of it. But this beer bottle, I'm just willing to throw away. And I'm just like, I look at all this stuff like resources and it adds extra stress. Like I know I need to throw it away. I'm not, nu- I'm not a hoarder. I'm not nuts. Okay. So I throw it away, but I feel it weighs on me. It stresses me out. And recently I've been like, dude, listen, you don't always got to be the person trying to do his part, like making sure he's not wasting. Like, yeah, just that's somebody else's fucking job, bro. That really is somebody else who's managing the United States and managing this on a global scale. Like you guys, whoever's job it is to look out for recycling and preservation of this planet. Like you need to stay up at night thinking about this shit. Not me. I get that. And now, so to that point, I do view it from, so from a food perspective, standpoint it doesn't stress me out so much but from an environmental standpoint especially plastics and that sort of thing i've always said i don't think that the burden of recycling should fall on the consumer that's bullshit if you're the company putting your products in plastic it should be you or the post consumer after we use it that should be taking care of it that's bullshit that it falls on the person buying the product like either fucking take the cost cut and put it in And that's one thing. So what you're saying about glass, I like glass products. Like if it's in glass, glass is pretty re-recyclable. Like almost, I don't know about indefinitely, but it can be recycled many times. Unless you throw it in the trash though, right? Well, and again, that shouldn't be our fucking problem. That should be the waste company's problem to to deal with that. Um, We do have recycling. Do you not recycle your shit? I do. I do. Listen, here's the thing. I recycle what I can, but we go through a lot of shit. And so I will fill up that recycling pretty quick. And honestly, that recycling, the only reason that I probably fill up the recycling, because there's also a battle between me being lazy and conscious, okay? And there's both of those. It's like, if you told me I had to drive, like fill up my own box every week and drive it down to, you know, a particular area to get it recycled, I wouldn't do it. Like, fuck that. I I got other priorities. I'm not that fucking like gung ho on getting shit recycled. Like I'm not fucking crazy, dude. Um, I would, but like, I need the room. Like I go through so much shit that it's like, I fill up my recycling because I fill up my trash. Yeah. It's like my trash is full. So it's like, that's why I'm going to separate the recycling and the trash because I need more room to recycle shit. You know, what sucks is that a lot of what the good you think you're doing by recycling probably isn't even getting recycled because we recycle so many things that say it's recyclable but when it gets to the waste company they don't actually recycle that type of plastic and so it just goes in the trash that's bullshit like there's so many things where you think you're doing a good thing like oh yeah I, i watched a documentary on netflix about this um where a lot of things that you think you're being a good person recycling just end up in the waste yeah and it's that's so annoying to me because like you're trying to do the right thing you're like i'm doing everything i fucking can and it's not helping there's a part of me that thinks that like you know again it's like the um it's like the famous the pale blue dot right there was like a photograph taken of the the world and the universe just look up the pale blue dot photograph and it was like taken by something i don't know some sort of something that they sent out to space yeah and um it like showed the earth 
and it was like the pale blue dot was just like it was like a tiny little speck on the entire photo. Mm-hmm. It was like a dot, and it taken a photo from you know millions of light years, you know thousands of light years away or whatever. Yeah, and you look at that and you're just kind of like, okay, like I'm so I'm stressing out in my day about not recycling a fucking bottle, and. And in reality, this is its like own entity. Like the Earth's yeah. just gonna eat that shit up. Like not now, and maybe not for five hundred years, but it's going to. It's going to eventually just digest the shit. And it may be it may be the fact that the you know the Earth is getting pounded by comets or you know going through its phases. But you know the Earth's been around for a long time. Yeah. It's probably got some resilience. I would imagine if it's been around for millions of years. Well, yeah, that's I've seen that picture that you're talking about. It's cool looking at it from the perspective of like every single one of our problems and our thoughts and every every experience that everyone has is in that dot. Yeah. It's so yeah, that's I've, I do know what you're talking about. That's, that's fucked cool. up. Isn't that hideous? <clears throat> oh yeah, it, it, it does make you feel a little bit more like my problems aren't that big of a deal. You know, like this universe is much larger than just my experience. We talked it. about this, but I'm going to get into it again. Cause I really don't care. And it was like 14 podcasts ago, <laughs> but I have a fear of really big things. Yeah. Like being in a giant body of water or being like in front of like a really, really giant object, like yeah. a big wall. It could be a giant wall, but something I'm not talking about the grand Canyon in size. I'm talking about, a thousand times bigger than the Grand Canyon. Mm. You know, if you walked up and just saw the the sheer vastness of something, that's what I have a fear of. I have a fear of vastness. And um, I think about that in the universe because I'm like, we're on this tiny planet. There's so many things, so many things out in the universe that, you know, what's that like? You know, when you see on a picture, right, the, the, our planet, our entire planet is a tiny speck on the photo that empty space, how fucking vast does that yeah. feel? Just floating in... In infinity, yeah. basically. You know, that's that freaks me out. Gives me the heebie-jeebies. Man, you could really sit and just think on that for a second. Like, imagine just being out in space and everything you look in every direction. It's yeah. just darkness, absence of everything. I'm just, scared of heights, so am I scared of heights in every direction? It's a good question. <laughs> I don't, know. I don't know. I've never been in. I've never been. I've never experienced that level of depth. That really fucks. And I, and I know this is a very basic, yeah. childish almost thought experiment. But the idea of like closing your eyes and try to picture nothing, and you can't because there's always a color behind it. There's always black or white or you know yeah. like you can't yeah. truly experience nothing. And so the idea of like you know what happens after you're gone do you go into like nothing or you know whatever your belief is after you die but like the idea of just all of a sudden there's nothing like what does that look like what is nothing yeah yeah because you always imagine it freaks you out because two things that freak you out i feel like that freaks people out about like in terms of dying or they're just being nothing after death they imagine or at least i imagine so i assume other people have thought about this too is when when i die let's say there's no afterlife and i just die I imagine this like nothingness is blackness, like you said, and then also like just this feeling of being like freaked out in this blackness, right? And then I think about two things. Number one, black is, it's not a color, it's an absence of color, but it's still something visual that you see. It's a shade, right? right? It's like, yeah, exactly. It's a shade. And then also the fact that like fear and anxiety is a human emotion, 
right? That's something that we get as humans. And when you're dead, you don't really, I, I wouldn't imagine, right? Nobody knows, but you wouldn't have human emotion. Right. You left that human body. Like the feeling of feeling hungry comes from the fact that your body needs to consume calories. So if you don't feel hunger, do you feel other things like anxiety? I don't know. I get anxiety when I don't eat. So it's like, yeah. <laughs> where do those feelings come from? But I don't think I, I don't think it would be either of those things. And I think about the fact that when somebody's blind, for example, too, right? You think that they see black, but really, yeah, like just don't people that don't have eyes, like just don't have eyes, you're not experiencing anything. Yeah, so you're no... not seeing black, like because if you close your eyes, right, you have the absence of vision. There's yeah, you can't. What the fuck is that like? I feel like you could ask. We have the no. the thing about that. I, I've just never looked into it, but there are people who were born with sight and then lost it. So that's something we could probably somewhat yeah. prove because they could they could speak to what it looks like. But I know, but can you describe that? Right? right, it's like what we've talked about before on this podcast. It's like imagine the color. Like imagine you've never seen anything in yeah. the spectrum of blue before. Right, you've and only seen try, like red yeah. and yellow. Right, ever. And then try to imagine what blue might look like. Right. You couldn't imagine what blue like yeah. might look like. And you know what's kind of funny too is like they're like you know we'll never be able to see a color that we couldn't. And we talked about this before, and it's fine. We'll never be able to see like a color because our like beyond what we can see in the rainbow because our eyes can't process anything other than what's in that spectrum. Right. Right. However. Our imagination is not limited in that way, right? Our imagination has nothing to do with our eyes. It has everything to do with our brain. So theoretically, even though we couldn't see something like that, in the future, thousands of years from now, when we understand human anatomy better, is there any reason we couldn't download a color into our imagination, something that we've never seen before, wouldn't be capable of processing with the current, you know, uh, capabilities of visual light. I don't know. See what I'm saying, though. I see what you're saying. I don't know if I'm, 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 if I'm with you there. Can somebody <laughs> blind still imagine what? Like, if somebody was blind when they were 40, let's say their eyeballs were removed, could they still imagine what blue and red looks like? Yeah. So, but I think the problem with imagination <clears throat> and thoughts is you're limited to what you've experienced. And now mm -hmm. you're bringing it to the point of bringing in technology and then right. possibly uploading or downloading right. into your... Because <sighs> seeing has to do with visible light. Okay. So you're... It's, you, we're limited because this is, this is... We're limited to what our eyes can process as sensors. Our eyes are sensors and we're limited to the type of data that they can process. But our imagination is not because when we take the example of somebody who's blind, who's had their eyes removed, they can still process those colors in their mind. They can still see what that looks like. It's like, it's like a webcam on a computer, right? It's like your webcam, just because that's a sensor to process video data, to pull in video data. But you can break your webcam and still see and still watch videos on your computer. I'm struggling with this one right now because I feel like it's until you bring the technology thing in where I start to think like, okay, that could be possible. But I feel like even our imagination currently is limited to what we see or like, or limited to, 
I feel like some aspects of what we see play into our imagination, at least because you can imagine up things that don't exist, but they're yeah. at least in color scapes that you have seen. Yeah. Because um, that's all we have to go off of. Right. Though. So do you believe that, okay, so take humans out of this, out of the mix. Do you believe that there are colors in the universe that exist that don't look like red, green, blue, or yellow, or the colors that we're familiar with? They exist and other things or things people can see them we just can't of course yeah that's proven that's a thing okay yeah so if you believe that okay the thing that's picking up the visual light or the visible light the the stuff that we can see is our eyes as the sensor is all i'm saying yeah so you'd feel like our brain is also limited and what it can and what it can process in terms of i'm not talking about how it acquires that data right it doesn't have to acquire it through the eyes i'm saying in the future and a thousand years from now, if we were capable of advancing to a point where we could somehow upload that data to our brain, do you think that our brain could process those colors? I get what you're saying. Um, Or it would just see it as pink. I don't, (laughs) maybe. I mean, I think it's possible. I just, I, I can't separate that idea that I'm trying to get past of like the imagination coming from at least colors that we've seen but when you bring in that technology as point aspect maybe i think you know maybe we could start putting in i don't know man that's really hard that I, weird, I'm, though? I'm having trouble with this i want to see i want to see another primary color that hasn't existed before i want that i want to know what that's like i wish somebody hid yellow from me my whole life so that i could see it for the first time when i was 30 yeah. oh and i feel like we <laughs> And that's the one thing is like you see these like when they I've watched videos of like what certain types of bugs see and stuff mm-hmm. and they kind of try to show you what it might look like. But again, you can't see that. Like How do we, we know that? That fucks me up too. Well, the reason that we understand it is because we've ins- inspected their eyes and their rods and cones underneath the microscope and they have more interpreters than we do. So essentially we can take their brain and their eyes and their ocular nerves and like deduct that they can see more colors than we can i don't i still don't get it and here part of that reason is probably because i don't study biology and i would hope that somebody has a good reason for believing that you know certain things can see at certain distances and certain colors but i was thinking about my baby and i was like he was like four weeks old and they were like yeah he can see 12 inches in front of his face and i'm like sitting there like holding him, walking around. I'm like, bullshit. <laughs> he can see fucking farther than that. I fucking see him reacting to things that are further than that. And maybe what I'm reading isn't like, they're like, okay, so yeah, like he can see further, but it's just like colors and blobs. Yeah. Right? So blurry. like, okay, it's maybe blurry or whatever. Yeah. So it's maybe clear to a certain distance. But it's like, how do you know what he sees? Yeah. Other than like kind of testing him, like shaking, what are you shaking something? What kind of tests are being taken? You know, what, what What kind of tests are being performed? Are you shaking something in front of his face to see if he reacts to it? Do you have a flashlight? Okay. <laughs> Is this kind of like a food test, a food sniffing test? Are you holding good food out 12 inches in front of his face to see if he recognizes the buffalo wild wings? I think as, as morbid as it sounds, some of it might be from parents whose babies died, you know, at certain ages, donating their babies to science. I mean, as as morbid as that is, like, I mean, that's how we learn is by, you know, dissecting dead things and 
seeing under a microscope what I that know. kind of stuff looks like. That's sad. That's what I do for work. That's fucked up. Um, yeah. Well, I don't actually do that. I don't read the microscope size and stuff, but I work in that industry. With babies? No. No.